Hey there, Pulse Check listeners. This is Jeremy Siegel continuing our special series on the coronavirus pandemic. Two weeks ago, Doug Emhoff went on a trip. Second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, visiting Chicago today to urge people to get vaccinated as part of the White House's national outreach effort. He visited a barber shop in Englewood, a predominantly black neighborhood with a low vaccination rate and one of the highest crime rates in Chicago, as part of a White House push to increase vaccinations in African-American communities. And afterward, he gave an interview to NBC where he talked about how you do that. You know, I've been, been going all around the country, so I've been down south, I'm here in Chicago today, and it's really just what you saw in the barbershop, just trying to talk about facts. They're safe, they're effective, they're free, they're available, and they work. The thing is, it's not always that easy. The experiment here was going back and, and sort of look really checking into the reality. You know, you can do the photo op from the White House. You can have Doug Emhoff there. That's Politico's Natasha Karecki, who recently went back to the barbershop that Emhoff visited. I talked to the people to see what, what happened. And what I found was the Englewood vaccination rate was still at 28%, which is really low. Um, customers at this barbershop knew few people who ever had COVID, but they had a lot of friends and kids who they knew who were shot or killed um, this summer. It's just, there's layers and layers of, you know, angst and difficulty and just, you know, trying to survive. Heartbreak tonight after two mass shootings in Chicago on the same day. Friends gathered in Inglewood to remember victims of the violence there where eight people were shot, including a young mother set to graduate from high school later this week. Tonight, four Chicago families are gutted with grief. Each of them is missing someone who brought so much joy. Right now, as I speak to you, millions of Americans are still unvaccinated and unprotected. And because of that, their communities are at risk, their friends are at risk, the people that they care about are at risk. There's so many other societal um, safety concerns that are just kind of bogging them down that it's like COVID, even though a lot of us that's dominated our lives, there was, there's this whole section of society that, that's not dominated their lives. They're, they're still fighting for basic things like finding a job and, and paying the mortgage and trying not to get killed. Today, Natasha Karecki on the collision of gun violence and COVID and why Biden's vaccine push is crashing into reality. So, Natasha, vaccination rates have slowed down in the U.S. President Biden recently missed his July 4th goal of 70 percent of the population being vaccinated. And a lot of the coverage of this has focused on Trump supporters who have resisted vaccinations as a matter of political identity, something we've talked about on this show before. But there are other groups across the country, including African-American communities, who have also struggled to become vaccinated. And in your reporting, you visited one of those communities, Englewood in Chicago, and the its official barbershop, which was recently visited by the second gentleman, Doug Emhoff. Tell me about this barbershop. So this is a place that's, you know, it's 
It's so unassuming. It's a storefront um, barber shop on the stretch um, of, of road um, in Inglewood on 63rd Street that there was, you know, there's all these boarded up buildings. There was abandoned lots. Like, I wasn't even sure if the place was open when I, I passed it up the first time and then I went back. When you walk in, it's a whole other world. It's just so loud. People are laughing. There's music really playing up really loud. Um, the place is packed. It's, it's a small, it's a small venue, but everyone is engaged in this big, like roaring conversation. It ain't mad in front of everybody. That's what it is. Behind closed doors, you're gonna be crying, saying stuff. And they're all going back and forth and laughing, and so it was a really jovial place, and um, definitely open. So I'm talking to them about this thing, the COVID vaccine, and. Uh, one of the first people I talked to um, is this um, the 17-year-old kid. He's wearing this McDonald's sweatshirt, and he's very quiet. You know, he's kind of laughing but not really engaging in, in the conversation that's that's rolling um, in front of him. And, you know, I can barely hear him because it's, so, it's just so loud there. But, you know, I'm asking him, so did you get the vaccine? And he's like, shakes his head like, absolutely not. Did you get the vaccine? Why not? And, uh, you know, he just tells me, I, I, I don't know what they're putting in that vaccine. They, they got to tell me every single ingredient they're putting in there. I got to know a personal doctor and see what they put in the time. They got to tell me every ingredient. Every ingredient in it? You know, I, I went on, we go back and forth. I, I, you know, I say, so let's say they tell you that. I mean, there's just really little that he, that would get him to take it. And, you know, the follow-up is, well, have you heard horror stories? Why why are you scared of it? Have you heard horror stories from other people who got it and had bad reactions? He's like, no, I don't know anyone who got it. Huh. And I kept hearing that over and over again. You know, they'd have this impression of the vaccine, but they couldn't point to somebody that they knew who had actually gotten the vaccine, which is, you know, one of the problems, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going on. I also meet um, one of the barbers. His name's Travis Perry. And, and he is just this, you know, he's got this crimson um, dyed beard. And he's one of the jokesters. He's just like letting out all these, these comments about that was the day that... Um, Shikari Richardson had been suspended. She tested positive for marijuana. And everyone in there was talking about this. Like, um, hey, if she's she's able to, you know, smoke people on the racetrack and she's smoking weed, then shouldn't she get a chance to be in the Olympics? And they're they're just like all like rolling off of that. They be like, man, I can't smoke real weed. I'm gonna go get me some, some C B D or something. And so I asked him about the Emhoff visit and he's like, wow, I, I thought it was so cool. He came here. I'm really glad he came. You know, what a great event. And you know, so I said, okay, well did you get the COVID vaccine? Oh no way. The C D C barely even know about the disease itself. Y'all trying to tell me about a vaccine y'all just threw together in some months. No, I'm not doing that. And um, there's a guy in his seat who's getting his hair cut, C.J. Ayers. Um, and he says to me, there's nothing that's going to make me take that vaccine unless my life is on the line. So, Natasha, in your reporting, you looked at how this skepticism of vaccinations, despite the safety and efficacy of vaccines, maybe shouldn't be looked at as like, how can you be denying the data in the middle of this pandemic that we all need to get out of, but can be put in the perspective of some of the issues that the people you spoke to are facing on a daily basis, namely 
gun violence and how it's kind of like we have bigger things to worry about than COVID. Explain that to me. If you live in this area, and, and even if you don't, you hear about it, but if you live in this area, it is it is all that that's consuming people's lives if you live in the city, and particularly in Inglewood in the west side of Chicago, where there have been 300 homicides already in the city of Chicago since January. There have been more than 1,500 shootings. And since Friday night, 92 people have been shot. 16 of those people have died. Those shot include six children and teenagers and two CPD supervisors. Dame it's it's already one of the bloodiest summers we've seen in Chicago in, in, in a long time. Um, there are people getting shot constantly. This past long weekend, it was over 100 people shot. I think it was 19 people killed. I'm talking to, to more and more customers, you know, about this. You know, what, what are you seeing? And they're saying, it just seems worse this year. Like, hey, we're, we're used to violence, but like there's younger kids who are shooting and there's younger kids who are the victims. And, um, you know, I'm talking to, to Perry and Ayers, the two guys who are, who are joking so much. And, and, and I'm asking them more about these vaccine campaigns. And, 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 you know, Perry sort of gets to this point and he says, hey, look, we know a lot of crackheads. We know no crackheads dying from COVID. Hmm. And they both start talking about like people they know who've been shot and killed this summer. So I stop and I ask them the question that I wanted to ask in the beginning, which was, how many people do you know who have had COVID and who've died of COVID? And they both say they don't know anyone who've died, who's died of COVID. And they know maybe a couple people. Oh, yeah, they had it, but they're fine. They, they, they survived. Okay, how many people do you know who've been shot or killed this summer. You know, they both sit back and think. Perry says, oh, I know 10 people who've been shot and three who were who were killed. And, and the CJAers, the, the customer says, thinks and says, since May, I know 15 people who were shot. Four of them were killed. I went to high school with three of them. One of them was a kid. I mean, these people have seen some of the worst of the worst, you know, and they're living it and they're feeling it and they're 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 experiencing this every day. And so it, it really cuts to the heart of what's happening here. I mean, it's it's there's a lot of complexities in this neighborhood. Um and you have a White House now that's trying to get through to these people. And how do you do that? They're up against so much. Um, and, and, you know, and, and so we start sort of like this, you know, sociological experiment in this little barbershop where everybody's sort of chiming in like, hey, you know, when I grew up, there was more, you know, boys and girls clubs. And we knew each other. I, I, I maybe didn't go to school with some of these kids on, on the south side or the north side or, you know, whatever side of the city, but I knew them because we played against them in different teams. And they're, you know, from their perspective, they're saying some of this stuff has gone away. And, and, and a lot of these kids don't know each other. And so they see each other as, as, as enemies. So they're, they're killing each other. Um, you know, and they're saying a lot of, a lot of really good jobs have left. Yeah. There's fast food, low wage jobs, but, th but the good ones have left. They say there's been there used to be good factory jobs. They went to the suburbs and people can't get to them. Mm -hmm. So they're they're all kind of just like talking about these things that went away. Um, and if you drive through Inglewood, you just see it. There's there's like I mentioned, there's boarded up businesses and shops everywhere. It's just this this whole cycle there that you know it, it's eluded many many mayors who've tried to solve this problem um, in Inglewood. 
So, you know, sort of the experiment here was going back and, and sort of look really checking into the reality. You know, you can do the photo op from the White House. You can have Doug Emhoff there. Hey, that's Kamala Harris's husband. Everybody was really excited about that because they all love Kamala Harris in this in this barbershop. She was very, you know, she was the reason Biden is president, um, as they put it. Um, and uh, so they were excited about that. But did it make a difference? No, it, it didn't. Uh, that doesn't mean it won't, you know, Maybe they'll they'll reach a few people here and there and, and give people the vaccine at this barbershop. That's what they're hoping. That's what the owner was hoping. Um, but there's so much skepticism. It's deep. And it's just there's layers and layers of, you know, angst and difficulty and just, you know, trying to survive. It's amazing to think about the situation you've reported on and how, as you said, it's sort of just a social experiment you conduct in one barbershop, but it's one barbershop in one neighborhood in one city. But there are so many areas facing similar issues across the nation with violence, but also obviously with low vaccination rates. And when you think about all of that, it makes you wonder what the White House is truly up against, even as it unveils new programs aimed at targeting communities and convincing them to get vaccinated, um, and how far we might be from getting to the point we need to get to, to hopefully get out of the pandemic. And what's interesting, too, is that there's, there seems to be, there's so much coverage of like, oh, you know, this partisanship with, with getting the vaccine. And a lot of people sort of look at it as, well, if you're in a rural area and you're pro-Trump, then you're not going to get the vaccine. And if you're in a blue area, then you will get the vaccine. We've written stories that like some of the data sort of, you know, shows that that's true. But there's also a lot of blue areas, cities where there's a lot of skepticism. It's, it is a lot of minorities that are skeptical. And they're just facing other issues. And there's other issues that maybe they would get it in, in, you know, all things being equal. But there's so many other societal um, safety concerns that are just kind of bogging them down that it's like COVID, even though a lot of us that's dominated our lives, there's, there's this whole section of society that that's not dominated their lives. They're, they're still fighting for basic things like finding a job and, and paying the mortgage and trying not to get killed or, you know, burying people they know who've, who've gotten killed. So yes, it's a, it's a huge obstacle to the White House's attempts here to reach these people and, 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 and it, you know, sort of reveals it's, it, it isn't just people who voted for Trump or, you know, are pro-Trump. I mean, these are younger people. These are minorities. These are people who tend to, to vote Democratic. I won't, you know, say it's across the board, but, you know, these are potentially the, the people that Democrats should care about politically. And they're, they're not buying it. So, so it, it is a really tall order for the White House. And one interesting thing is I, I did talk to somebody on the, the, the COVID task force, um, this Dr. Cameron Webb, who um, talked about this barbershop program that they're doing and the reason they're doing it. And, and, you know, and if you don't understand, like in some of these neighborhoods, like the barbershops are the congregating area, right? Like that is where, you know, politicians in some of these inner cities, like 
that if you want to run for alderman, you're going to go to the barbershops. If you want to run for, you know, whatever you're running for, you're going to hit the barbershops and talk to people. It is like that is where you make a campaign stop. So it is smart and savvy to do this from the White House's perspective. Um, and what, what, what Cameron Webb was saying was, um, look, we've passed the point where, OK, we got 6000 people vaccinated in a day in this neighborhood. That's great success. He said, we're past that. Now we're trying to get this other section of the population, a much more difficult section. And he cited this example in Las Vegas at a salon there, um, a, a black owned salon. And he said it was a Saturday um, and they got a dozen people there to get vaccinated. And he considers that a huge success. Mm. He said, "Those, that's what we're looking at now. It's a different barometer. It isn't, you know, 2 million people a day across the United States. It it's went down to 1 million. It, they might go lower than that. But these are the stubborn people that they're really trying to go after. And why? Well, they're, you know, one, it's, you know, public safety and health, of course. You know, you, you don't want these outbreaks. You don't want people dying of COVID. But two, there's this Delta variant that's, you know, rampaging across the country right now. It's it's very contagious. And they, they, they don't they don't really know what, what to make of that. And, you know, three, like, you know, at some point, Biden really wants to declare victory over this this virus. And if you still have, you know, more than a third of your population that's not getting vaccinated, you know, it's unclear what kind of impact that's going to have. And how do you declare a victory? So there, there's just a, a lot of big and little things that the, that the White House has to tackle in this next big phase of, of the virus. All right, that's our show for this week. I'm Jeremy Siegel, and big thanks to Natasha Karecki from Politico's White House team for joining me. To stay up on all of our latest coverage of the coronavirus pandemic, be sure to sign up for the Politico Pulse newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every weekday morning. You can sign up at politico.com slash newsletters. Also subscribe to Pulse Check, if you haven't yet, wherever you're listening. Pulse Check's senior editor is Raghu Manavalan. Our senior producer is Jenny Ament, and our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you soon.